1: everybody. I'm Al Roker from the Today Show. This is Joanna Kearns. Hi, this is Jody Benson, the original speaking and singing voice of Ariel the Little Mermaid. Hey there, everybody. This is Steve Whitmire, Kermit, Ernie, and Rizzo from the Muppets. Hi, this is Kimberly Williams-Paisley, and you're listening to Break a Bat. I'm Ashley Williams, and this is Break a Bat. You're listening to Break a Bat. Where baseball meets Broadway. Where baseball meets Broadway.
0: Where baseball meets Broadway. Where baseball meets Broadway.
1: Where baseball meets Broadway. Yay! Hello and welcome to Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway and sports meets show business. This is Al Malafrante coming at you tonight for the Broadway Podcast Network. What a show we have for you tonight as we celebrate 100 episodes of the Break a Bat podcast. I thought this show tonight could serve as an opportunity to look back on what this show has become over the past two years, some of the backstories that have helped shape it, and some of the incredible moments that I've gotten to experience and then share with our amazing audience. I like to call it fun in the making. Tonight is also an opportunity to celebrate someone that helps make Break-A-Bat so special and really serves as the key driving force behind the scenes. Uh, for the folks at home who read our episode descriptions, you'll see my name is host. I do my best to lead the charge and giving you a great show every week. I learned a lot from Derek Jeter as far as being a leader goes, but... I'm pretty lucky that I have the opportunity to work alongside another great leader on this team, and that's the man who's going to join me tonight. I know we have some very dedicated listeners in our audience. However, I'm 99.9% sure there's only one person on the planet that's listened to every minute of Break of Bat. My special guest tonight is also listed in each of those episode descriptions, and in addition to being my audio editor. Uh, He's also someone who I feel fortunate enough to consider a friend, one of the best friends I've made doing Break a Bad. And in addition to serving as the technical producer of Talks at Google, as well as the owner and founder of Well-Rounded Hoodlum Productions, Matthew Hendershot is the man responsible for cutting, sequencing, and editing every wave of sound that comes into your headphones each week. Uh, The care and attention to detail he puts into every episode is second to none. No task is ever too large. And if there's ever someone who's able to bring out the best in me as a host, it's this guy. I'm so honored he could join us tonight as part of our 100th episode celebration. So if you'll please turn your attention to home plate, just beyond the audio
0: mixer, now batting Matthew Hendershot.
1: Hendo, welcome, my man.
0: Oh, man. You don't know how many times I've sat right in this chair that I'm sitting in and heard people remark about what it feels like to have you announce them on your show. And so to have that be my credits and my name, it it truly is an experience to behold. And I am flattered and I thank you very, very much, man. It's great to be here and it's great to talk to you. And uh, this is the best, man.
1: I know you know a thing or two about a nice drink, so I'm glad to see (laughs) that. uh, You and I both brought some cocktails to the celebratory occasion. What do we got? Are you drinking?
0: That's a Brooklyn, right? You're drinking local. Good for you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What do you got? I I also have a logo. I'm drinking a German Pilsner. This is Radeberger. It's from near here, but not not Leipzig proper. (laughs) So folks at home
1: might not know this, but uh, Hendo joins us from Germany tonight. Every time time he has to edit one of my episodes, it's six hours ahead of where I am here in New York. And how long have you been there now, Hendo? Uh,
0: It's coming up on three years. I moved here in October of 2018, so uh yeah it'll be three years in a couple of months
1: holy cow jesus three years out out there but you love it though i think you were telling me it's like the new williamsburg speaking of brooklyn (laughs) longer uh
0: i I do i do i do love it um moving here was one of the wilder decisions i've ever made in my life but it has turned out to be quite an adventure and uh I, i still love the city i do think that there's a lot of stuff going on here i think a lot of stuff is still to come in this city's future and uh, I do, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a joke, but you can also say like after 10 years living in Brooklyn and living through that evolution, uh, it does kind of feel like traveling 10 years back in time and seeing a Brooklyn-esque city getting ready to go through the same kind of evolution. So hopefully that's the case anyway. Uh, and uh, I'm here to ride that wave a second time.
1: Heck yeah, man. And, you know, it's funny, you mentioned Brooklyn. I know that you being in New York is sort of how you got tied into the this podcast. I mentioned your experience, you know, working at Google. Uh, how did mm-hmm. you get involved with the BPN, by the way? Was that all through Alan? And, you know, why don't you take us through that and, you know, eventually Absolutely. being assigned to break it
0: back? <laughs> Well, I I thought about it. I kind of expected this question as to, like, how we got involved and how the Broadway podcast stuff got involved. And it's kind of funny because uh, I can actually, with tongue firmly in cheek, have a bit of animosity toward Alan Seals. Because (laughs) when when I moved over here, I started my own podcast. I'll take a shot at that to, like, document my adventure uh, to, like, learn how to live in Germany or whatever. And... It wasn't very long after that, because I was having so much fun doing the podcast, and I was always talking to Alan, uh, who is a great, great dear friend, and we have worked together forever. And I was telling him, oh, I'm doing this podcast. It's so much fun, so much fun. And he's like, well, I want to do a podcast. And then he has such a love for theater that he started the theater podcast, which is also fantastic, and also a podcast that I edited and have and still do edit. And uh, and yeah, and then the next thing I know, he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm doing this Broadway podcast. Oh, I'm doing this Broadway podcast network. and we're <laughs> we're talking to these people. We're talking to those people. We're starting this show, and we're doing that show. And, and uh, it just exploded, the whole thing. And it was really fascinating. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, as much as I'm joking about, it, like, man, you kind of stole my idea. I was doing a podcast thing. But instead, I'm actually really, really proud of everything that he's put together and, and that I can be a part of it, right? Because I get to work on these shows. I get to advise so many people. And uh, I get to help bring so much, what I think is just fascinating and fantastic content to audiences all over the world through these podcasts so yeah it's it's a long time friendship between me and alan that has seen many different creative projects and i'm really happy that he got involved in this and i'm really happy that it led me to doing your show and uh the handful of other shows that i get to work on and all the other work that i've been able to do for broadway podcast network
1: oh man and no one does it better than you man i i do (laughs) have to know when you heard that there was going to be a baseball meets Broadway podcast, did you think he was crazy?
0: Well, I, I, no, honestly, because I am the type of person that I think, like, sure, there can be a podcast for anything and, and everything, really, and everything has its niche, and I'm I'm sure there's people out well, of course there's people out. i see the metrics of your show so uh there are people out there in the world that love baseball and there are people out there in the world that love uh broadway and so you get to talk to both of those things it's you get great people on your show from both of those worlds so anybody who's a fan of either like i, I can understand why they're a fan of break a bat
1: thank you dude i i wish that would have been the case when uh you and I finally got to meet for the first time. Can you take the folks at home through that cold January weekend of 2020 when you and I did up Broadway Con?
0: I don't know. Can I? Do I even remember that? That was all pre COVID and stuff. Oof, Different seems reality. Like a lifetime yeah. ago, right? <laughs> well, and it was funny because uh, so at Broadway Con, uh, I came in t- 2020, in, what? that was February, right? Or January. Well, it was january, january
1: or february because i think it was still the nfl playoffs, different sport than baseball but i I remember <laughs> it kind of lining <laughs> kind of lining up
0: with well that. but it was it was right when this thing it was uh the covid news was that it was all still kind of in asia and it hadn't really gone around but then we went to broadway con in new york and i got sick actually and I was really nervous. I, I, was, I stayed at Alan's place, in fact, and I hung out there and there was a whole night that I had to like stay in bed because I just wasn't feeling great. And then I got back to Germany and then this whole news started coming out. And I was like, oh, man, what if what if I got it at BroadwayCon? What if that's what that was?
1: Thank you for not telling as... me. I would have put my panic <laughs> button on like in January. <laughs> Thank you for not telling me that you would never to together the entire weekend. Little did
0: I know. It absolutely absolutely was not. No, no, no. It happened at the (laughs) end. I stayed for a week after and I went and hung out with some friends. And I actually remember that one of my friends, and I I won't put his name on blast, but I remember this weekend hangout that we had upstate that he was like sneezing into his hand and then like eating potato chips all the time. And I was like, dude, you're going to get us all sick. And then sure enough, I got sick. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs)
1: And remember when we were chasing people around the midtown Hilton
0: trying to do the trivia? yeah, of course that was loads of fun <laughs> was it, <laughs> it who who was the ball player's wife that we met Cece Sabathia. yeah, and you were you were like oh i want her I want her to do the the trivia with me and then <laughs> uh <laughs> Then you were nervous about going up and talking to her. You're like, I don't want to walk up and be like, you're the wife of C. C. Sabathia. Will you do my trivia show? Oh, by the way, I have this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Remember
1: I tried to bribe them with, I gave the Lights of Broadway show cards to, I think, his daughter. like, Maybe like, oh, maybe this... (laughs) <laughs> this will make it easier to ask what, if I can. We were
0: running around, and we talked to so many people, and I, I remember it's it's not like on the show, because actually, when you do trivia on the episodes, it usually goes really, really well, right? And people yeah. actually end up knowing way more than they think they're going to know, and, and they nail it. But for some reason, when we were putting people on the spot and putting a camera in their face, people were like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and even, like, the clues, like, really heavy clues. <laughs> really
1: heavy clues. <laughs> Babe <laughs> 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 Ruth, damn it. Babe Ruth. It's it's just Babe Ruth.
0: Can you just say Babe Ruth? Well, and then, of <laughs> course, can't. having to having to coach the people of uh, <laughs> proper, proper name pronunciation.
1: Oh, the enrolled as an incident.
0: Araldis, I don't how many times, how many, how many episodes have we had to have a short pause about Araldus Chapman and fixing
1: the, not, not including the times when I try to coach them through. I mean, what we've we're at a hundred shows, it's got to be more than half, it has to be more than half of the episodes, right? Because if what it's, fi- it? let's say if it's 50% actors and actresses and 50% ballplayers, it's most of the actors and actresses.
0: Where did it – I'm going to turn the tables around on you. I want to ask you a question, Al. Where does it actually come from? I know we talked about it a little bit, but really what we talked about was you, like, photoshopping him into Belle from Beauty and the Beast and putting him on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, where does it come from? Why did you start doing this uh, obsession with her, all the Chapman <laughs> thing?
1: It started, you mentioned Bell, it really started with Maria from The Sound of Music with oh, uh, wow. Speed of Fastballs. This is what happened. <laughs> I, I I will tell you point blank how it started. It kind of started where we would do it for fun, you know, just amongst each other. And I remember when we did the Speed of Fastballs Photoshop, I said, you know, this could be kind of a fun idea for an Instagram account.
0: Mm. And we
1: started chapman on broadway and we put up this one post blindly i had no clue about how to build like a brand of any kind on social media i had never really done anything to that point but we're like oh you know this could be kind of funny the speed of fastballs he's very theatrical on the mound uh the there is like a level of (sighs) drama every time he comes into the game so we felt he was kind of like the perfect target i guess and all of a sudden we we started doing these, putting these Photoshop's on Instagram and just, you know, through hashtags, they were so well-received. And we're like, wait a second. <laughs> we're, we have an offer. Op- it started as like Chapman Bro. We were like, you know, we were developing the podcast at the time alongside it. It's like, if we're going to have a face of the brand, maybe Chapman is the perfect guy. And that's kind of how it started back in 2019.
0: Yeah, the, a real bridge from the sports side, I guess. Yeah,
1: it, it in every one of those early posts and stuff, they all had like the Broadway tie-in, and, and nothing like that had really been done to that point. I think. I think mm. that's kind of why it caught on a little bit.
0: Did he ever like a post or uh, engage with any of that ever? He <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah, he hasn't liked any of the posts. But that's but ultimately,
1: no, it's funny though. His teammates do. His teammates like the posts. <laughs> I'm sure they do. It's ammunition, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's the- so. Yeah, at least his team, the rest of the team is behind it and whatnot. But oh, yeah, him, guy. not so much. Yeah, but he did go see Rock of Ages shortly after we started the page, so maybe it started to rub off on him a little
0: bit. Oh, okay, good. It'll, he'll come around eventually, he'll come around. Everyone does, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let me me ask you, when you hear his name come up into like the seventh inning stretch with the podcast or like, you know, the fastball derby stuff or the song parodies, like what's going through your mind as you listen to these like Broadway greats, for example, like all of a sudden like this. All right, the show is going to go on a little bit of a juncture here. Like what let's like what's going through your head when you're listening to that?
0: Well, so I'll back up from that question a little bit and do more of a, a top answer of this kind of stuff, which is all the fun that you, you have on the show. One of my favorite parts about working on Break Bad at all is how much fun every episode seems to be. And it's been really funny lately to me because you keep sending me the notes for how to edit it, and each one's like, oh, this one is even better than the last one. Oh, wait, I thought the last (laughs) one was good. This one's even better. And you just seem to be having more and more fun as you go along. And oh, my God, uh, especially some of the amazing ladies of Broadway that you've had on the show are just so much fun. In the conversations that you have with them and all of these little games, the seventh inning stretch stuff, the trivia stuff, uh, they just play along so well and they're all so clever and hilarious that I'm like, I kind of forget that I'm doing my job. (laughs) Just sort of (laughs) laughing on the show and saying, Oh, yeah, wait, wait, uh, did that? How did that sound? I guess it sounded fine because I didn't want to turn it off. So I guess I don't need to remix or recompress any of that section. That section's good because I was just laughing all the way through it. So for all of this, anytime it comes up, I love that. Uh, I think it helps with theater people in general, like all of these wonderful people on Broadway they're they get it, you know, they're, they're having a good time. They're, they're actors, they're performers. They want people to enjoy the experience of whatever show they're putting on, whether that's being on stage or being on a podcast for them. It's probably like a, in some ways, a micro performance And even the ones who are incredibly honest, right? In some ways, that's their own little bit of a micro performance of like I'm going to show you a different side of me or an open and honest side of me. And when that kind of stuff comes out on the show, it's it's great. And I think you've been doing a great job, and it's it's been entertaining to work on. So uh, it must it has to be entertaining for fans too.
1: Well, thanks. I I sure hope so. And and you're right. Sometimes I do sit back and you know. I look and see like, well, Me- Megan Hilty just said this on my podcast. Oh yeah, Sierra Boggus just said, like I couldn't be- like I couldn't believe that it w- once it got to like that caliber. Oh man, um, that they'd be down for that type of stuff though, because like on the surface it- you wouldn't think so, and they and that's the that's what I think is like kind of cool about the show. It's like a very different type of platform for some of these stars, but I was really shocked that. Yeah, that they were able to, you know, kind of let down their guard, and yeah, they've really, they really performed to a high level, like you said.
0: Oh yeah, and some of the some of the unabashed honesty that sneaks out from time to time is really great, especially with uh, with some of the more fun names and and the the bigger people who are more well known. Like your Andy Carl interview, for example, is one that always jumps out to me as being like he was very real, but it was just hilarious at the same time. Like listening through that whole thing. Is like, wow, this is a, and I've, I've heard him do other stuff too. I've heard him on the theater podcast. I heard him through uh, when he came in for Groundhog Day at Google and all this stuff. And uh, he's a ridiculously fun guy in, in his, when you meet him anywhere and uh, for him to be so openly honest and then also just hilarious at the same time that it made for a really great show.
1: Now, who was it that actually surprised you the most as far as how honest they were?
0: Um, uh, you know what? One, uh, and and I, I, I I'm gonna say it now, but it, it, he makes my top three list. And I, maybe I let the cat out of the bag on that one that we're gonna try and talk about some favorite stuff. Uh, you, if you want to hold uh, off on it, that's fine. <laughs> well, but uh, I'll just say, like, um, the interview with Doug Minkavich, yeah, what he pulled zero punches at all in that whole conversation about the real world of baseball and. That's still one that fascinates me to hear because just the rawness of the way he talked about the game and his experiences was like, wow. Okay, you you know, uh, you get so used to, I guess, people in that world uh, being very politically friendly or or this or like, you know, kind of picking and choosing words and. And that, and uh, Doug was just like, Move, this is how it was. That's what happened. This is, yeah, duh. Why, why censor anything? Let's just say it. And uh, that kind of stuff is really great, too.
1: When he was talking about uh, what happened with that final out ball in Boston. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, whew. Jesus. Right? Like, I mean, it's such a weird story, but. Yeah. Death threats and like fighting with the organization, stuff I never knew. And the fact that he just, like you said, he did not hold back. He gave us everything.
0: Yeah, there was no uh there was no censor self-censorship of that and and no, yeah, it's just like this is the truth as, from my perspective. And I, I love that. And that whole interview is just him being Bluntly honest about every question's answer. So yeah, that was yeah. Good. At
1: one point, he was like, "I never should have lived in Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn, but I never should have lived there." <laughs> <I remember> he- <laughs> that that calls for a drink. Right? Oh, oh
0: yeah. Are we? Are we doing? This? I'm going to do this. Uh, I brought this shot, so I'm going to do a shot. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you know
1: what? I just brought a Brooklyn. I'm going to to um grab my Brooklyn Lager Summer L here. All right, cheers, Endo.
0: This is a uh, Krabbel de wandenouf," which I think translates into "climbing up the walls." <laughs> you speak it now. Cheers to that, man! Cheers. Well, I'm I'm I don't speak it. I'm learning <laughs> very slowly. German is that even to be ger- inc- Incredibly hard. It's like sexish, I think, or or Franken. It, it's it's very much a dialect.
1: Oh, I thought that, yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure if like that was like a German booze. I'm like, oh, he speaks German now. Oh, I'm no, it's, it's he needs It's, a German, it's okay.
0: a German liquor for sure. Uh, but I think it's over from Mainz, which is in the West. Yeah, Mainz ist in Odenheim. But yeah, uh, ich, ich have learned ein bisschen Deutsch. Ich hab' gelernt. Entschuldigung, ich learned gelernt ein bisschen Deutsch. I, I'm working on it. I come like, a long way to go, dude. Don't make me speak German, please. Cheers. Prost. Well, cheers to
1: that. It's like I, as I guzzle beer into the uh, microphone here, mm. I'm sure the folks at
0: home are enjoying that. Yeah, I have to have my own because I'm sure it smells like uh, beer and all sorts of other stuff and shots from my own podcasts and nonsense. So <laughs> whatever. You're not sharing that, Mike. You got your own. You spent good money on it. <laughs> it's true.
1: That is true. I know we had a lot of crazy tech difficulties, especially. A lot of people might not know this, Hendo, but you had to remaster that back catalog in the very beginning. You remember that when it was like me and Scotty sitting like five feet away from the microphone?
0: Uh, It's actually interesting that you you brought that up because I I don't know why I thought about this before, but I was like, well, let me go back and see when I started the show because I kind of. I knew that you were doing... I very clearly remember that you were doing the show for a while before you signed up with Broadway Podcast Network. And before you and I met, you had already been doing this. It wasn't like you started together with me. And I went and back and looked. And yeah, you're right. I completely forgot that I went all the way back to number one. And I I even was surprised myself. I was like, wow, I actually have uh, edited and mixed and mastered... Every single episode that you've published via broadcast uh, pub, Broadway podcast network so far, which is a hundred episodes. I didn't even think that I had done them all. <laughs> it's, so, it's, <laughs> it's, <me too. laughs> it's like, oh, wow, I really have 100. That's nuts.
1: You've been a part of it. That's like, at least for me, when, the you know, as far as the show getting legit, or I think taking the next step, I very much associate you with that. Um. I don't want to get into what my favorite episode is where like I feel I thought that maybe it could be really entertaining. But was there like a certain moment for you where you look back on and you're like, you know what, it's starting to get better. Or like when you saw that, maybe it started to shift a little bit. Well.
0: I, I like the show from the beginning uh just because I, I i thought you were a great character a great guy uh it's it's a I, i'm gonna use the word wacky but i mean it as a term of endearment it's a wacky concept too and, and it was funny from even the very very early conversations uh, putting these people in this place where you'll go into this rant about like all right so it's the ninth, bottom of the ninth. You got two outs, three men on base. They're all the Chapman throwing 105 from the mound. These these next questions are coming. And they're sort of like, maybe they don't have a damn clue what you're talking about. They're just like, what is all this jargon? I have no idea. But then they just <laughs> go with it, right? And so there's a disarming element to that if you don't know uh, anything about baseball. But then all these people from the Broadway world who have connections to baseball, or our our hardcore baseball fans, like legit in the world, they just get such a giggle out of it that they're, they're on board from the start. So I think the concept really lends itself to a lot of fun. And I think, especially from the Broadway side, the people really have fun with it. Another day is here, and you're ready for
1: it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. No, I I certainly hope so, and it's it's so nice to know that you know you've enjoyed getting to edit it. Um, I wanted to do something with you on the show. We've alluded to it twice already. Um, where we give our top three favorite episodes. You know, from the hosting perspective, from the editing perspective. Um, before we start, can you tell me? Was it tough for you to narrow this down?
0: Dude, I I will hold this up to you so you can see it. This was my list. My chart. I tried to go back and, like, list, and I was like, there's a whole section over here dedicated to hilarious women that have been on <laughs> And I'm like, are you going to pick one of these? Are you kidding me? Uh, Can you hold yeah, that up so, to the screen? Yeah, sure. I think so. Hold on. I gotta, Let me see that. I'm not looking at my own camera, uh, so I can't.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, look at that. Wow. Dude, this is like a mad scientist. uh,
0: This is like a mad scientist diagram or something. Holy cow. Look at that. Wait, maybe I don't want to show you anymore. Now you're getting an inside look. Yeah, don't show me anything. I wasn't trying to read the names. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You really put a lot of thought into it. You know, it was tough when you have a hundred of these things to choose from. Oh, yeah. And there's so many good moments. And and that's the thing that I kind of went hunting for was these little memories of moments. And I was like, oh, I have to find that. I have to. I have to remember what episode that is. I have to remember which episode that was. That this uh, where things really went off the rails for a minute. And
1: then like, <laughs> 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 please, wait. Can you please talk about when they go off the rails? When it like if if they're in your oh, well, top three or at least
0: yeah, there. it's in. My, it's i I'll have one for sure in my top three. That was fantastic. Can I preface
1: my list by the way before we start?
0: Of course, it's your
1: show. I I just <laughs> I just I want to tell you what I. Put into this because I didn't have that awesome looking diagram, but like there were a dozen plus episodes that I could have made a case for. It's like a top three favorite, especially because of like little moments like that. And mm. you, you know, as well as that, you've seen every guest on the roster, it's like we're pretty lucky that we have this, you know, canon of guests that I can look back on so fondly because Roker, Kimberly.
0: Megan oh, Hilty, man.
1: like Jen Lilly, like Ken Singleton, all these people, they're all special to me in different ways. And I'm bullish when it comes to all of them and how amazing they are. But what I tried to use as a separator, at least from a hosting perspective, was kind of like the backstories behind putting the show together. And then mm. certain moments that happened while we were actually recording where I feel like they helped shape break a bat in general so, okay. and it was tough and there is a clear there is a clear-cut favorite and and i i feel like you probably know what it is our audience probably doesn't but mm. uh maybe they do i don't know but either way you know i'm curious to see whether our lists align with what the audience thinks and maybe i really what, am right you.
0: and i have a <laughs> feeling i i have a feeling one of them might be a dead match i have a feeling but let's find out Yes, yeah, so let's
1: find out. We'll alternate. You give your three and talk a little bit about, or give your number three, talk a little bit, a, bit, a, a little bit about it. You've had to edit a lot of those word flows out. The yeah. audience probably doesn't know that. <laughs> so you, you know, you give your number three, give your reasons why. I'll give my number three reasons why two, But, but back and forth. All right, sounds good. Have some fun.
0: Okay. Well, I'll 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 kick it off. I already mentioned it before. So the Doug Kavich episode. Uh, definitely makes my top three favorites because of just uh, the 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 nature of that conversation was so good. It's so intriguing to be pulled behind the scenes in the world of baseball in a way that I don't think any other way you would get to. And yeah, the stories were nuts and the the circumstances were nuts and he's obviously who he is. So it's. Yeah, for me, that one was like, uh, it's a standout episode. It may not be like the funniest or, you know, the most uh, spectacular, but there's something about the honesty and the rawness of that episode that just really stuck with me. So I'll, I'll put that one on my list of favorites.
1: Well, thank you. That's a solid number three. And I would like to think that you would have put him there even if he didn't play for your Kansas City Royals, right?
0: Well, <laughs> I, I I guess there's a whole honorable mentions Section for all the Royals that you've had on the show. I, I didn't know if I was going to bring that up at the before I started the numbers or after. But like, yeah, uh, anytime like uh, Brett Saberhagen. I love that interview. The Johnny Damon interview was really good as well. And I've seen both of those guys play in Kauffman Stadium. So that was really great. And uh, and I know listeners don't know this, and I guess it'll happen out of order anyway, so it won't really matter. But uh, Danny Tartable <laughs> is—I'm uh, already looking forward to your conversation with Danny Tartable because I also got to watch him play at Kaufman, and and that's really cool.
1: Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that the quality of the conversation—you uh, know—put it there. But yes, obviously, you're Kansas City Royals fandom. I would hope that it would have played into one of these. So I'm very, mm-hmm, I'm very glad mm-hmm. to hear that that Dougie made it on there. <laughs> As you, as you, uh, as, as we both are going to uh, take a quick sip before I give my number three. <laughs> ah, Brooklyn Lager Summer Ale. Okay. Um, at number
0: three, I've got Al Jardine. Oh, man, the Al Jardine episode. Was, I, I have it on my uh, paper written down, but I, it got bumped. See, he, for me, I mean, listen, you know this, the regular
1: audience knows this. I, I love the Beach Boys. Like, with all my heart since I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And he was in town to play the beacon with Brian Wilson when that, that was the first show we were going to do at the BPN. And, you know, we were going to do it in studio 53rd and Broadway. This is pre COVID. And we had been renting studio space prior to that. And then of course, you know, we're fortunate enough to link up with Dory and Alan who offered to produce the show. And it was a shot in a, the dark just to reach out to him he, we got lucky. He had a cool manager, and he, you know, we didn't have that much in the catalog at that point. He just got back to me in an email. He's like, you know, if Al has some time on his trip, we'll reach out to you. I didn't think anything of it. I was about five for like seventy and guest reach out to that point. Oh
0: <laughs>
1: like, well, no! they like, oh no, this isn't for so and so who ended up coming on the show. Like, you know, five months later, that we'll get into that. But uh, it's <laughs> I certainly never you know considered booking anyone that i consider a hero but i remember you'll appreciate this i was at work a few days later and i see a call coming on my cell phone from big sur california and i pick up it's like hi is this al Malafrante? i'm like yeah he's like hey it's al jardine i'm like like no no you're not like no no like not. like someone's (laughs) fucking catsman like you think this is like funny i told you that we this might happen like my mind's racing like but it registers. Joke,
0: yeah. yeah,
1: like in my, I'm like, wait a second, that's his, that's his voice. That's Help Me Rhonda. That's California Saga. That it's him. And he, <laughs> we set it up for the following week when he had you know the shows here. Um, and I'm not the type of person who's going to abuse the privilege of having a rock star's phone number. But I I don't know if you know <laughs> this story either. But the day of the interview, I hadn't heard from him since like that phone call when we set it up. Because he told me his manager was going on vacation, which is why he was calling me directly. Okay. I shot him a text in a cab on my way to the studio. And I I wrote, hey, Al, looking forward to seeing you at three o'clock today. He replies, tomorrow? Question mark? I was like, I'm like, oh. oh, no, 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 no. This isn't going to happen now. Like, I I call him. He's in Hoboken, New Jersey. And, like, I'm like, damn it. Now oh, I'm going to have to explain to Dory. Take off work again tomorrow. Make this thing happen. I was, like, literally walking into that Arrow building where we taped Game ready to see Dory. And he tells me, if you could give me another hour, I can make it up there. And so i'm like now i've got to tell Dora i feel like she's gonna think this kid is like such a loser his first show on the vpn he tells us one of the beach boys is coming he's out i don't have all night so I, I tell her what's going on i'm like in a total super and i'll never forget she like calmly says like al it's okay we're on rock star time we can wait for him oh yeah i was like yeah we are let's do it and i remember like he came in and just like I was like that kid in middle school again, like listening to the Pet Sounds album on, in study hall on my Walkman. man. Like when, to have mm. him be so honest and to not just talk about like, he's done a thousand interviews about Pet Sounds, but he was talking about like the Willie Mays catch in the world series in 1954. He talked about Charles Manson and how Dennis Wilson got wrapped mm. up in that, like stuff like that. Like not, he doesn't do oh, that oh, all the time, oh, right? Yeah, it was nuts. And that whole day, like I'll never forget that. Especially because it was in person, I still have got like a uh, an eight by ten photo of he and I in studio that day. Like, kind of, it's a reminder oh, cool. of how much I love the show. It's like up on my wall in the living room.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not every day you meet somebody like that. So uh, that's yeah, wild. And it was a great conversation. And and people who have lived those kinds of lives always have the best stories to tell. So right,
1: well. Thanks. I, I, let's uh, let's see what you got at number two, Endo.
0: Man, I'm so torn about this. It's it's like really hard <laughs> to actually do this. I wanted, I really wanted to put Steve Whitmire on my list because that was such a special show. Oh. Uh, but I actually, uh, I I think the recent Patty Mirren episode is going to take my number two spot. Ooh. Uh, I'm such a fan and it was such a fun conversation and just rapid fire. And she's just a force of nature and to hear her tell her story and share uh, in fun and humor. And you guys also got a bit real and that was great. And so I know that there was a lot of buildup to having Patty on the show as well. And so when it finally came through and I was like, oh, great. Here's the interview and then the interview totally delivered as well. Yeah. I was like, "All right, so this one is I, I, again this massive uh sea of hilarious and talented women that have passed through the Break a Bat studios. Uh but Patty is definitely one that stood out for me."
1: Wow, it, it, she was re- so real and she was fun. Like I feel like that episode was like more than any, like the perfect balance. I'm so glad to know that you enjoyed that. Even though I know that I yeah, that was uh that yeah, we tried for a while to make that happen in the beginning. I think I even told you at Broadway Con, I was like, like, you know, there's a, she's she's here. Do I like try to pitch it in person? It was just like it kind of happened at the right time, I think. I feel like the show needed to be mature enough to have her on. And she just brought so much fun and yes, yeah, so many great stories. I'm glad to hear it stood out for you too
0: yeah yeah
1: um all right so you've got patty murren at number two you just mentioned what my number two actually is i've got steve Whitmire.
0: yeah that was a tough that was a tough cut to make from the list because that that's a real special show well thank
1: you and you know our amazing uh associate producer Brittany bigelow did me a solid on that it was like a saturday afternoon we recorded that and it was just like playing jazz like we had had some history together i think which had helped you know, not only going back to when I was three years old watching the Muppets and Sesame Street or whatever, but if, like when I was in college with that internship, and he was just like, it was such a personal show. And I think the stuff he gave us, like he had a, so much of it he had never talked about before stories about working in New York. Mm. He answered the tough questions about his firing, which was super controversial and, in my mm-hmm. opinion, wrong. And I tried not to give off that opinion in the, in asking him those questions. And I think the way he presented it, he allowed the audience to shape their own opinion. And I I never could Mm. have imagined a day like that where he would even agree to do the show. And then we would, that was one of the most fun fastball derbies because like the the stories he was talking about, like in the (laughs) urinal next to Ozzy Osbourne at the Queen's Jubilee. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) he was great. It's so random. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a catching, just like, well, and I mean, how do you not, he's so endearing as a as a person in the world. And then to have someone like that, just come on, it, you're kind of starstruck just from the name, you know? Yeah. And then to find out, it's like, they always say like, oh, never meet your heroes because it's never going to live up to the hype. But he definitely seems like one that would live up to the hype of his name. So yeah, it's really great.
1: Well, thanks. I'm glad to know you considered it, but um, you said you thought that we were going to intersect at number one, and I'm curious if
0: it's, uh, if well, it's the Well, I same. actually thought we, we we came close, right? But I think now now I think we're going to miss because as much as I threw you off from Patty Murin, your your shocked kind of reaction to that, now I'm worried that my number one is like way off from your number one.
1: Intr- it, it might be. It might be, unless—let's Let, hear what you got. I want to see how far off it is.
0: Okay, so on that same trip where you and I met in person for the first time, and at Broadway Con, uh, I had the unique pleasure to get involved with some of the people from Beetlejuice on Broadway. And I actually got to go in that short time that I was in New York to see the show. And when my number one made it to your show, it was also just a tears in my eyes laughing through the whole thing leslie kritzer
1: oh that was i considered it for the like the top three four range okay that's interesting
0: wow I just died listening to Leslie, and, and this was the one that I, I was kind of giggling about when you were talking about like the the honesty going off the rails and stuff. And when she got into the whole um, backstage parties that they would have, yes, uh, not at not at the not at that show, but at the um, at the other. Oh, show they call it Snob. Like Saturday night guy. on Broadway, they called it Snob yeah the snob show and she's like we're doing the you know the funnel thing the thing you put the the beers in the funnel and, the, and it's like a beer bong you did beer bong backstage staying in the dressing room till 1 a.m to get the door guys drunk to let you stay overnight and like party uh and and she had so many funny stories and i just love her uh you know, these people who get really funny uh, in a, a self-aware way where they can really make jokes about their own self and their own pers- uh, their own situations and stuff. And for me, she's she just embodies a person who is living her best life. And that conversation is just so funny to me. And she's such a, an amazing talent as well. And having to get to see her on stage and then having to see uh, work with her on this show uh i had a nice connection to that as well so it was like yep that one for me is if i think about it that one always jumps out thank you i'm so i'm but it was hard man oh it's so hard so hard i have morgan james i have orfe i have liz calloway on here those are the early days funny women those are the early shows way back those yeah And then, of course, like, the whole baseball side with the Ken Singleton you mentioned earlier and Daryl Strawberry was on your show. I mean, like, ah, it's it's so hard to choose. I'm happy you said Leslie Kritzer
1: because I considered it for, like, you know, when I was narrowing it down between, like, you know, that top dozen or so. Because especially because when when we were still recording the show, me and Scotty – um in my apartment before we went to the VPN, it was there was a lot of buildup around a trip that we had to see Beetlejuice. And I think we had talked about that in the episode and everything that happened mm-hmm. that night with the Broadway blackout. Yeah, you, right. And I brought Scotty back experience. for that. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. a that's such a cool number one. Oh wow. I feel like what my favorite is is not going to uh live up to what you just said, but I um oh no way, come this on. This is the host favorite, but um I, well, it, it's special to me, and I. This is another pre-COVID one, um, and, and most fun I've ever had in the studio. And I, I, before I say who it is, I think in the early days. That's why I was a little surprised when you just like dropped like the name like Liz Callaway, for example. That was one of those like early shows where I feel like I over-prepared a lot, like trying to map out oh. like how it should go and make sure I cover everything. Like the, this question needs to follow that uh. one. Like not super organic. And I think of this one as the one where I ditched the script, so to speak, is my number one. And
0: I think I know where you're headed, yeah.
1: So this one, right around the holidays, I was going to welcome someone in who I also could not believe at that point said yes to do the show. Um, someone I was a huge fan of to that point, from How I Met Your Mother and her Christmas films. I was in the best mood ever the day that Ashley Williams came into mm-hmm. the studio. And we just pretty much sometimes you have great chemistry with somebody it was that times like 10 with her. Like we just talked about life the whole show and we laughed like crazy. She like brought that punchy humor and like, and it got real Mm. at times. And then the next thing you know, we're singing Christmas songs together. Like she was like such a light. (laughs) It's like, it was like, it was without a doubt. Like the moment where I realized where I wanted to like take the show going forward. And she's just, she's still amazing. Um, She's at, you know, she, I, I can't, Say enough good things about her. It's like my favorite memory that I've had doing the show is like that, like November day, going to the VPN series. I took off work to like record the show, and it worked uh, for her. And I'm really proud of that one. So I wasn't sure if that was going to be yeah, good one, but do you remember that one?
0: I, I definitely do. And you talked about it before as well as the when you were mentioning like the evolution of the show and how things changed. And there are and have been these sort of pivotal shows that have come along uh and and that one kind of being one where like you could tell by this many episodes in that you were you were hitting your stride and like you said you ditched the script in this and it sort of changed up the the over preparedness and it's like oh now listen the tone the temperature of the room changes or something like this and it's like oh now we're having real talk right it's not just like i interview and the mic goes back and forth and and you know you find that stride and yeah I, I think that that i i also think about in terms of that like when you interviewed al roker who is an, an incredible interviewer in his own right and was so generous in his uh, interaction with you as an interviewer like that also i think evolved you because after you came back from that it was like well if i can if I can interview against an interviewer, like Al Roker, then I can take on anybody. And you start to see, you know, the confidence comes in just the, the more comfortability comes in. And I think there are several linchpin episodes where the, just the tonality or the vibe of the show sort of micro adjusts. And the evolution has been great to be a part of for sure.
1: Well, and I mean, like you are as big a part of it as anyone, like I said before, thank you for saying that. I know that, uh, I mean, it, it's so cool to, like, have you be here as part of this celebration. And um, I, that that was just so cool to rehash with you. I don't like to be nostalgic, but since I do feel like this is a celebration and everything, um, I want to keep <laughs> things upbeat before I cry. So I would like to... I, come on, man. This is <laughs> well, thank, thank you. I Just speaking of keeping things upbeat, what I would like to do, because it wouldn't be break a bat without uh, a little thing that we call uh, fastball derby. And now I actually kind of oh, want dear. you to envision yourself in the batter's box like you're <sighs> facing Aroldis Chapman. Terrified. Hendo, you know a thing or two about Aroldis Chapman at this point, don't you? Uh,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> Other than how to properly pronounce his name. And then he throws 105 for the Yankees. Say it! That's yes, 105! Yes he, yes, he does throw 105. Very good. <laughs> I was hit... I was hit by a pitch when I was 14, and I never played baseball again, so uh, I'm nervous as hell in the batter's box right now. You
1: know the rules, folks. I'm going to ask a question. Hendo is going to tell us the first thing that comes to his mind. Now, I, I just want to tell you, I'm going to give you a lot of the pitches that I usually throw at our guests, some of the classics, but I also have some fun new ones that okay. are tailored to your swing. That sound good?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best.
1: All right, here we go. Favorite New York City
0: meal. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner?
1: Uh it's 701 here now. Dinner.
0: Um used to be the burger from Northeast Kingdom.
1: Team Jeter or Team A-Rod?
0: Oh God. I don't really know if I like either of them. Jeter, I'll take Team Jeter. I think he's a classier guy, right? True. Yes,
1: absolutely. You're a winner, Hendo. I I figured you would answer that question correctly. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the only right or wrong answer for uh fastball derby. Anyway. <laughs> the only question they got is a right or wrong answer. Like and I remind the guests of that sometimes. But <laughs> how about this one? Um, favorite Broadway show you've ever been to?
0: Oh shit. Um sorry, I shouldn't well, we curse all words, the so time. I'll Come on, don't worry up. about it. Um, well, uh oh crap, why can't I remember the name? It was off Broadway show. Oh God! Oh, favorite Broadway show I've ever been to. Come from Away. Come from Away was fantastic. There was another show. There's an audio experience show that I saw on Off Broadway. It's I think it's called The Encounter. The Encounter uh, is my favorite technical show that I've ever experienced. That it was mind blowing. You put headphones on and it's like this 3D sound immersion. He takes you into the middle of the Amazon jungle. It's it's mind blowing. Uh, but as far as a Broadway experience, yeah. Come From Away. I really loved it. It's a special show. You're a great musician.
1: Most exhilarating onstage
0: moment? Um, I did a really dumb thing where I impersonated uh, Joe Cocker for a New Year's Eve party. And it was like 16,000 people uh, at this crazy New Year's Eve party. And uh, it was the first time in my life that I sang a song Uh, where you and it's like a very rock and roll thing where you you know the music is quiet you've everybody's been to the concert where like you wait and the song the concert goes on and all this stuff and then all of a sudden there's this moment where like he sings the first three words of the song and everybody gets it and it's just this roar of of uh, of recognition or whatever and i i think i say i was like what would you do (laughs) if i sang out of tune and everybody just went "Ah!" and it was like holy crap that that's that feeling. I hope
1: there's video of that. That sounds like the most... You, you can do it next time you go on stage, Hendo, because I feel like you need to... There, it, that needs to be a r- ritual of the concert now, Anytime that you perform.
0: I'll send, I'll send you a video. I would love to I'll see that. A that. Amazing.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, Break-A-Bat guest you'd most like to have a beer or take a shot with?
0: Oh, boy. Well, probably Leslie Kritzer, apparently. Beer <laughs> balls. That sounds like my kind of party. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a good answer. Um, okay, here's an interesting one. After my original co-host Scotty Katzman left Break a Bat, we tried out a couple of different co-hosts for about half a dozen episodes. Some went better than others. Describe Doug Horowitz in three words or less.
0: Were those bong rips? Probably. The answer, the, my response to that
1: is probably and yes, that's part of his termination from the break of that podcast. Probably yes. <laughs> 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 and Brittany was there for like one of them, I think, or two of them, with Stephen Gerald and Derek Luna. That's right. <laughs> were those? Five, oh no, we were were those. Well, b- bong rips could be t- one word. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Does
0: that count? Yeah. We could just Is be those re- bong rips. <laughs> <laughs> Question
1: mark. Yeah. Oh, my God. Question
0: mark. where are those bong rips? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I feel really bad. I feel like I just put him on blast.
1: There is a a reason why he has not been on the show in over uh, a year and a half. And why (laughs) why I have
0: pretty much ditched the whole co-host
1: format altogether. Aside from when Scotty comes back. Oh, Shada. (laughs)
0: Um, It's a shame. It's a shame. It's
1: all good. It worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, Okay. Uh, America's band, the Beach Boys or the Eagles? Uh, I fucking hate
0: the Eagles. Beach Boys. Your favorite Muppet? Um, uh, uh, Sweetums, I think, is my favorite Muppet.
1: No one has ever answered with Sweetums. That's a great answer.
0: I love Sweetums. This is a big oof. uh, Yeah, my kind of dude. How did I not know you were a Muppet fan until,
1: like, right now?
0: You and I talk a lot. Oh, (laughs) man. It's never come Come up. Come on. Anything Jim Hansen. Even... uh, the dark stuff, like the really, like uh, um, Jim Henson's Storyteller, yeah. uh, that, oh, man, <clears throat> I love it. The, the Anything that kind of theatrical, I mean, for sure.
1: Toughest interview that you felt we had to navigate on Break a Bat?
0: Oh, Lord. Oh, man, I don't know toughest interview we had to navigate you're you're getting so good at this though that i don't think any of them have been that bad we had i don't know past i what uh, toughest interview like people who were
1: a little feisty with us or like didn't didn't want to talk to us about what we wanted to talk to. well but
0: those are kind of also great in their own way that's that doesn't make them tough i i don't know what what do you you have to answer that question what was your toughest interview? was there somebody who like really intimidated you?
1: No, I I wouldn't say anyone intimidated me. No, I wouldn't say that anyone intimidated me. I do think that a couple of people were a little bit friendlier than others. There's two or three in retrospect that I wish I never had on, and I'm not going to say who they are. But I'm just curious. Oh, but you wanted me to say. I, I see how this goes. You wanted me to say who they to chew are. to
0: three. So You would have to throw yourself under the bus. Host the break. Thanks Vibris
1: a lot. Riffs past guests. I thought.
0: I thought this was supposed to be an appreciation show. <laughs> what happened? All right, All
1: right moving. <laughs> This has just gone all sorts of different directions. Um,
0: (laughs) Me, Uh, I'm the feisty interview you've ever had. (laughs) I'm going
1: to have to put, the, beware of the laughing fits in this episode description. That was good.
0: Uh, uh, I hope people can, I hope it's contagious laughter. I hope so too, rather than uncomfortable
1: laughter. The only uncomfortable thing right now about this, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in the floor of a closet trying to get You're through the closet questions. <laughs> on the floor of the closet. Uh, hey, hey, no, I do it no. to make you happy, I know, to make sure that we get the best audio quality hey. possible.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, it, it works. It does work. It does. Like I said, makes your show better for the, the lovely people who have put up with us this far into this interview. That is
1: right. And, though, and, you know better than anyone about what makes uh, the show great. So uh, I have to know what is the best piece of advice that anyone's ever given you?
0: Say yes and then figure out how to do it before you fail. I like that yeah
1: who told you that
0: yeah i'm not sure i remember i think it It was when i was in a time uh finishing up school uh and i had a really bizarre string of uh opportunities that just sort of showed up and i was just kind of pushed through all of it and it might have been the dean of the the conservatory that i went to Uh, that brought it up or one of my instructors, uh, in audio, actually I went to an audio engineering school. I have a master's degree in all this bizarre ass technology. And I think it was somebody there, uh, that was just like, look, if somebody comes up to you and is like, Hey, do you think that you could do this random thing? uh just say yes that you think you could do it because all you have to do is say you think you could do it right and then figure it out if you either know how to do it or you have time to figure it out before you have to like put up or shut up so i definitely would not be who i am in the world or where i am in the world if it wasn't for a insane string of things where people were like hey do you think you could work at a nightclub yeah Do you think you could host? Do you think you could direct a TV show? Yes. Do you think you could host that same TV show? Sure. Let's try it. Uh, Do you think you could move to New York City? Yes. Do you think you could do this? Absolutely. Hey, here's Justin Bieber. Can you edit this interview? Yes. Let's go. Uh, Every time just saying yes and then figuring out how to do it before I burn down in flames and massively fail, I guess.
1: (laughs) Oh, Hendo, you're the absolute best, dude. This is this is truly fun in the making. I, I can't think of a more appropriate title for an episode. Like, I'm I'm so glad the audience like finally got to like hang out with you a little bit. You know you have a parking spot reserved anytime you want to like hop onto one of my sessions. Oh, I
0: would I would love to work that out, especially some of the people who I'm curious in, uh about and learning more about because you have you have such a great way to th- th- picking and finding ways around that aren't in the traditional thinking. And maybe that's the marriage of the sport with the element or you're just your fandom in general, but somehow you, you find the chinks in the armor and break through to the real stories underneath. And that's, that's what always makes it a pleasure for me.
1: And uh, like one of the best things uh, about break Bad has been getting to work with you. And I cannot thank you enough for joining us tonight. This is Aww. the best brother.
0: You flatter me, man. You flatter me. It's an, it's an honor.
1: Well, to the folks at home, every bit of this has been an honor. I I cannot thank everyone enough for sticking through, sticking with us through a hundred shows. It's hard to believe that we've reached this point. I uh, I don't think of this as like a victory lap in any way because I still think there's a lot more that we have to accomplish. And I'm excited for all of you to you know join me and Hendo. Uh, as we get there and uh this is just an absolute honor hosting this show a fun way to celebrate 100 episodes and uh i can't thank all of you enough i love you all and um any last words before i do the sign off hendo
0: i mean I, I i sort of selfishly want to say i'll see you next time but that's your line, <laughs> so you go for it <laughs>
1: Well, uh, that is that is the cue, yes. Uh, this is uh, Al Malafrante signing off for the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast and you can also find the broadway podcast network on instagram at broadway podcast network it's been so great having you here with us today and we'll see you next time 18 plus.